Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. We are in a in the middle of a mini-series on the means of grace or the uh, spiritual disciplines. Um, if you have missed any of our past broadcasts, if you just go to wherever you subscribe to your apps and uh, type in uh, or po- sorry podcasts and type in the gospel for life you got to put in the then you will find us uh, we've covered bible study so far we've covered prayer uh, yesterday we covered worship specifically in the context of uh, the lord's day worship and today why okay so before we enter this topic why are we even going over these if you do not like this series, I will take full responsibility for this. This was something that I suggested that um, I'd read a book by R.C. Sproul, I don't know, 20 years ago. It was published in 2002, so I just exaggerated. So it was 19 years ago. Uh, and it's entitled, Five Things Every Christian Needs to Grow. And I just said, you know, I think this might be helpful, practical. Um, we've done some more cultural-related things with regard to critical race theory. And then the last little bit, we did a a little blip on Christianity and and patriotism. And so we felt like to to try to be balanced, let's come back to some some nuts and bolts of, of how do we apply the gospel to everyday life using the means of grace that God has graciously given for our growth and development in the faith. Excellent. That's great. And I, I think you're sending subtle messages to me because the back of the book says growing tall. And I don't know if our listeners know, I'm a very tall person. Yes, very, very <laughs> much so. <laughs> Joking. All right. Um, service. Um, Jonathan, you've been a pastor for, gosh, probably like six or seven decades. What could you tell us about service this morning? <laughs> well, actually, we were uh, addressing uh, some of this last Sunday is going through First Peter chapter 4. In First Peter chapter four, we come to the point where you know God is calling us to be stewards of His grace, and He's reminding us. Uh, he says, "Hey, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled, sober-minded, for the sake of your prayer. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling." And as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. You know, so in that, you know, we know we know that uh, you know God is going to return. We know that uh, you know God's going to come to. He's already said to them, uh, He's coming to judge the, uh, in a sense, the living and the dead. You know, he, he's talking about uh, the judgment that's going to come on those that don't believe. But then he says, you be sober-minded about certain things. You know, one, it's going to help your prayer life. Uh, two, you're to love one another. That's one of the first acts of service that we can do. You know, the, you know, the two commandments in God's Word is to love God with all your heart, uh, soul, mind, and strength. And 
Second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. So keep loving one another uh, earnestly. Um, you know, you're going to owe... When it says you're going to cover a multitude of sins, it doesn't mean that you're going to be the forgiving person or somehow they're going to get an atonement from you, but you're going to overlook those offenses, those personal things that you know would separate you from actually um, demonstrating that love and service to them. And then showing hospitality without grumbling, you're not, you know, you don't do it just to do it. Yeah, you you're actually showing hospitality out of this sense of service to one another and and finally each one of us has been given a gift each one of us have been gifted in unique ways with through our personality through the graces that god's given to us in order to serve um so whether you're speaking or whether you're it's a matter of helps or whatever the gifts then we don't have a complete list of the gifts that god has given to us that the spiritual enablements but where um, you know, uh, where need and opportunity cross our path, uh, God has given us a, a means to serve one another. Yeah. It's interesting. Jonathan just tied together the great, the two great commandments, the summary of the law, love God, love your neighbor. In the New Testament, every time there is a discussion about the giftedness of the body, how God has he equipped the church, um, several things are are important one everyone has a gift everyone's to use the gift everyone's to use the gift for the good of the body Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and each of those passages is connected to a passage that talks about love Mm -hmm. so either that's romans 12 um, first corinthians 12 is followed by first corinthians 13 the love chapter um, ephesians 4 all three of the passages in the New Testament that speaks extensively on the giftedness of the church, that God has given things to the church, those things are all true about those passages. Mm -hmm. They're given for the good of the body, and they're always connected to the command of love. Maybe for some of our listeners, they're they're thinking, well, you guys, I thought we were talking about service. How are you now talking about gifts? Why are you going back and forth between the two? Well, the Scripture connects them. And in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul opens up by talking about now about the spiritual gifts, and then under that heading of spiritual gifts, he mentions uh, service, and that's the the Greek word diakonia, uh, which is where we get the word um, deacon. Um, it, so deacons deke, deacons deke, deacons got a deke. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you can't see me shaking my head, <laughs> but I am. So you know the deacon is a a servant of the church, and in you know Jesus is called a deacon in the New Testament. All mm-hmm. Christians are called deacons. So don't separate in your mind the idea of spiritual gifts from service, because God puts those together. That's that's an important point. Uh, we don't see it as clearly in the, in our version of the Bible um, in our translation. But when Paul says Paul, a minister of um, the word minister is diakonos, the word for deacon, servant. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paul is saying, Paul, a servant of. Mm-hmm. Um, we've translated it minister, but it's, it's, it's actually not that connotation that Paul's implying. What he's saying is, I'm also a servant mm-hmm. not only of Christ, I'm a servant of you. My yeah. job is to serve the, the Christ in and through his church. That's right. Yeah. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, um, that's where I'm at right now at church. Mm-hmm. It's pretty fun. Uh, but 
Jonathan, you had mentioned, or, or Russ, when you guys mentioned that the gifts were given, service was given for the common good. Paul specifically says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And that, you know, so to put the manifestation in other uh, words, we, we could just simply ask, well, what is the Spirit's main job in the church? Like, if, if Jesus had to summarize it, what, what would Jesus have said about, you know, the Spirit's main job? Well, he did summarize it. He summarized it in, in John 16, that the Spirit would take from the Father, from the Son, and bring it to the church. In other words, the Spirit's main job is to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ in the, in the local church. And so, when we're asking the question, what am I supposed to serve? What am I supposed to do? That's a secondary question to the ultimate question is, is what am I serving? Well, I'm serving up Christ in whatever I'm doing. Um, if I'm you know, cleaning the bathrooms at the church, I'm serving up Christ by, by serving and loving my brothers and sisters. If I have the gift of preaching or if I'm a deacon or if, I, if I'm showing hospitality or I'm being generous, all those things have one thing in common, namely, I'm helping others see Jesus Christ more clearly through those acts of service. Yeah, it's, it's what puts the, your hands, feet, and lips um, to that gospel of God's love that has been shed abroad in your heart. And there's a myriad of ways in which we can serve uh, Christ and others. You know, some are going to serve in high visible areas and other places, uh, you know, they're going to be somewhat obscure, but it doesn't matter because we're not doing it unto men, but we're doing it unto the Lord. So in that respect, um, you know, as you're pointing out, we're doing this for the glory of God. Just to go back to what um, Josh was was hitting on, um, we are serving up Christ. And um, if we go back to the, the question that Sproul is asking, how do we grow? It's a little ironic that we're talking about serving. Um, but what is ultimately the Christian's end? And that is to be conformed to the image of Christ. Who is the greatest servant who ever lived? Yeah. And so Christ, in his ministry, he was serving up himself. And as, to Josh's point, then when we serve, we are serving up Christ, not ourselves, but we are glorifying the true and living God. Mm-hmm. Which means if we refuse to serve, we're still serving up somebody, but we're serving mm-hmm. up an, a counterfeit, which we're mm-hmm. serving up ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what a source of conflict this is in, in the body of Christ. I mean, you know, we're right in the middle of, of Corinthians and at our church, and the, the Corinthians' biggest problem was that they were completely self-focused. Um, they, mm-hmm. they had party spirit. They were only concerned about themselves. They weren't concerned about their brother. And you know, this was a picture of a church on the on the brink of destruction. Philippians two says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others." Have this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself. And it goes on from there. But it's the idea of um, when, when do we experience in our lives this sense of... of peace? Um, when do we experience uh, a sense of, if you want, a, a fulfillment? It's when we are living how we've been called. Mm-hmm. 
And even though it's counterintuitive, um, the idea is that when we are willing to humble ourselves and serve those around us, we're actually um, the most significant we can be because we're identifying with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That what we're saying is our identity is not found in ourselves. Our identity is found in Christ. Mm -hmm. And we have a desire to be like him. Um, And how else? I mean, in a world where pride is such a huge thing, what better way to put Christ on display Mm -hmm. of living a life of humble service? And part of that is not letting people know that you're living a life of humble service. Our tendency is to to serve and then want everybody to know how much we're serving. Well, you just negated everything you were doing um, because then you made it about you. Yeah. Remember Anthony Savaggio, one of our speakers at the Reformation Conference two, two, three years ago, he was talking about this issue and he he basically made the point that the Christian is always in third place. Uh, he looked at the, the greatest two commandments. The, fir- the f- person in first place is the Lord, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. The person in second place is your neighbor, love your neighbor as yourself, and you're in third place. And man, that is so stuck with me because that is actually a, a really simple exposition. But serving the Lord and serving the church means I'm always going to put myself in third place. I'm always going to put myself mm-hmm. last. And, and that is following Jesus. And part of service is saying, I don't need to get my way. And there are multiple opportunities, whether in your your personal life and your church life, where you say, you know what, what I want isn't necessarily bad, but it's not necessary, and I'll yield to somebody else out of love for Christ. Amen. Well, since we talked about the conference this time, uh, go to ReformationVoices.com. You can register September 17th and 18th for our upcoming Boise Reformation Conference. You don't want to miss it. It is free. It's going to be a wonderful conference. Uh, ReformationVoice.com. We'll see you next time.